You are listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Scott Lunn. All right, well, good morning, and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation Series. Uh, Joining me is my co-host, Scott Lund, General Manager of 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm well, Dolores. Thank you. I I thought we were moving into a warm climate, (laughs) but I guess I was wrong, so maybe next week. Maybe next week, but but the sun is shining. We're we're getting there. We're starting to get there. The days are are brighter and longer, so we'll take it. (laughs) Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our tech sponsor, Brian LaChapelle from B4 Networks, who always makes the sound so good. Brian, how are you this morning? Fantastic. Thanks, Dolores. Great. Um, This morning, we'll we'll be talking about the importance of uh, credible news sources, uh, the impact of social media in the 24-hour news cycle, and why fake news is a real thing. This is a conversation that many of us have been having for a while, and um, it really did seem to uh, pick up steam during the Trump administration. I'm so into this conversation, Scott. I I know you are too. Uh, Who do we have joining us this morning? Well, Dolores, uh, we are lucky to have with us today John Armstrong, who is the president of Armstrong Strategy, Charlie Copan, professor of media studies at Niagara College, and Kevin Vallier, who is the founder of the Niagara Independent. Welcome, gentlemen. Good morning. This, this is a really interesting one for me. Well, they're all interesting, but this one, I've spent uh, over 30 years in media uh, and of much of that in television newsrooms for all three of the big networks. And, uh, and I'm telling you, I, it, with the exception of when sports television started, I always, when I'm talking to the younger journalists who are coming through, I always say, you know, in 32 years, I don't ever remember looking over my shoulder. There hasn't been a lot of upswing within this business, uh, and that's unfortunate, but there's a million reasons that we could spend days talking about. Uh, and, and I joke about, I feel like I was on the very end of the good times when people had a Mickey in their desk and they smoked in the newsrooms, because I barely remember that, but I do remember it, and it was real. I going to say, how old are you? Uh, well, I don't... John, is that part of your strategy? I don't think you're allowed to ask that, are we? Uh, no, so, I, but seriously, I'm, I'm 51. I started in TV in, in 89. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's been quite an interesting run. And I remember when you didn't have a story without two sources. And that when reporters would sit in a pub with their backs to the politicians to get the story, to get the information, it was much different back then. But I think a lot more accurate and a lot more in-depth. But... I'll leave that up to you guys to go down that road. And, uh, and I'm curious, uh, we'll start with you, Charles, when you're talking to, to young students and, and journalist wannabes, what do you describe as the state of things today as, composed, as compared to how it was? Well, I, I've got you beat. I'm 58. Um, I, I started a bit before you in the business in the, in the golden age or just after the golden age, I guess. Um, and yeah, things are definitely different. Um, and you know this idea. There's always there's always we used to call them cyclical issues in the business: more jobs, fewer jobs, uh, more journalists, fewer journalists. But what's happened the past decade, last twelve years, is different. I mean, there's been a steady decline in um, in the number of news outlets. Um, a good friend of mine, former colleague at Ryerson University, 
her name is April Lindgren, runs something called the Local Local Journalism Research Project out of Ryerson, spearheads it. And they track on an interactive map of, of, the, of the outlets across Canada that are shut or new ones that emerge. And it's a pretty grim picture, right? <laughs> um, the number that I have now is since 2008, 423 news operations, you know, TV, radio, community newspapers, daily newspapers, they've shut down. So 423 uh, and 159 have been launched. So you're losing at a rate of twice what you're gaining uh, in news, in new startups, right? So th there is, um, you know, the, uh, there is less news out there. There, 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 is, there are fewer reporters, fewer journalists doing, doing that kind of work, and it is much tougher. Uh, the job has always been tough. I don't have to tell you, uh, Scott, um, you know, it's, it's a vocation. I tell my students, it's more of a vocation than a job, right? It's like the military or, or, or the clergy where um, you're, you're really wedded to the idea of getting the news. And that's not an eight hour day. It's not a, it's not a day shift, right? So it's a challenge. It's always been a challenging, challenging job is what we tell them. And it's, it's, you, know, you really got to love it and to, to thrive in it. Um, right now, what we're seeing though, are, 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 are these incredibly, incredibly new demands of multi-platform media, right? Um, so you are working much harder than you ever were before. Your skill set is usually a lot, lot, lot broader. Um, you're usually much more educated than it was 30, 40 years ago. Um, so, you know, you've got, in theory, better journalists, more skills, and many fewer jobs, right? And also the, the ones that have them are really, really stretched. Um, I'll tell a very quick anecdotal story about one of our graduates um, who graduated five years ago from the program. He left, actually left us early. He was so good. He left three months early so he could finish it on, on the job in Alberta at a weekly newspaper in Alberta. Um, he became very good, but within weeks or months, um, they had staff reductions and he found himself basically running a newspaper while still, while still a student in our program, <laughs> you know, in Alberta. Um, and he's been working, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week since, and he's already burning out. He's already sort of, they wanted to do more and more where he is now. And um, he's finding it difficult to do that. So a couple of things in, in sort of in a quick summary, I mean, we can talk about it as we go along, but the, the, uh, the job is much tougher. Um, there's this whole other ecosystem, which will get to around fake news competing with, with um, all kinds of social media, uh, kind of a non-professional journalism class. Um, and also oh, that that's, it's a, it's a difficult job, but that's the times all the more difficult now. And, you know, right now things are, are, um, are not looking very good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to that point, when, when you're, when you're stretched out like that, uh, you know, so if you are filing for radio and TV and digital and digital has to be first and, and all the things that they're asking people to do, you, you sort of have this range where you've got veteran reporters and journalists who are going, oh, I, I'm not sure I can make that adjustment. Or you have young whippersnappers who are probably phenomenal with the digital part uh, because they, they grew up doing it, you know, on YouTube or what have you, but they may not have the, the breadth of experience to dig in and provide the full scale. So, uh, you know, Kevin, for you, I mean, you're, you're obviously uh, digital with, with, uh, with what you're providing. Um, how are you finding that trying to feed that beast? Yeah, thanks, Scott. It's it's been um, it's been interest an interesting few years uh, for sure, and and you know pleasantly surprised. Um, you know the the readership and the subscriber base continues to grow. So um, you know we're very grateful and, and fortunate for that, and it's it's a bit of a you know a different model too, right? I mean 
for me and in, in the Niagara Independent, uh, we, we don't have, you know, we're not a unionized shop. Um, it, you know, we, we obviously couldn't survive in, in that model in, in terms of paying full-time employees and salaries and benefits and, and a print edition and et cetera. So, you know, our model is to get, um, you know, we certainly have we've some, some former and current journalists uh, that, that write as well and we try and get uh, provide opportunities for students coming out of out of the journalism programs as well and we have and um, and have seen them move on to you know full-time positions in other communities after you know cutting their teeth if you will uh, with the little old Niagara independent uh, but you know one of the models uh, that we've we've taken is getting some of these subject matter experts to to write uh, columns or, you know, our, our, our national reporters are in Ottawa, you know, Chris George and, and Kate Harrison and kind of had their finger on the pulse there. Um, you know, former uh, uh, provincial cabinet minister, Janet Ecker writes a, a monthly column, you know, and for example, who better to write uh, around the provincial budget than someone who was the former finance minister and was knee deep in putting together the provincial budget. And so, and I think Janet's very good because she's very um, fair. It's it's not a raw raw piece for the, the the current government. It's just sort of pulling the curtain back and and giving people an inside look at at for example how a provincial budget is made and the tough decisions that go into that that um, you know perhaps a traditional reporter wouldn't have that access and be able to to provide that side. So. You know, I, I did a, a couple of years ago a presentation to uh, Niagara Falls Rotary Club, and and you know, I said we're we're not the Torstar Daily newspapers, um, because why why would we why would we be? They they do what they do, and they do it well, and they've been in Niagara for a hundred years, and so uh, we're not going to do the exact same thing, and and you know, so we do something that's a little different, and you know, if. Some people love it. Some people don't. Uh, you know, the biggest compliment I, I, I receive, in my humble opinion, uh, are the people that email or, you know, get in touch with me and say, hey, um, really love what you're doing. Uh, agree with some of what I read and, and disagree with, uh, with other uh, pieces. And to me, that's what I think it should be all about. I don't, you know, I, I always encourage people to read you know, hopefully read the Niagara Independent, but read the St. Catherine Standard and the Niagara Falls Review and the Toronto Star and the Globe and Mail and the National Post, um, because I think that's important. And I, I don't see us as competition. It's I think it's another very credible uh, news source, uh, hopefully for, for the folks of the Niagara region and, and beyond. Yeah, I do think that, um, you know, being able to access uh, multiple news sources is, is probably more important than, than ever. Um, there's a, a book that was written by two former journalists. Um, I think it was Bill Kovac and Tom Rosenstyle. It's called Warp Speed, America in the Age of Mixed Media. And in it, they say um, the press has moved towards sensationalism, entertainment and opinion and away from traditional values of verification, proportion, relevance, depth, and quality of interpretation. That statement for me is spot on. Um, I'm so tired of tuning in to you know, network news 
and watching the anchor break down and cry over a story. And then an hour later, the story is about the anchor who cried over a story. Like it's, it's just gotten to be ridiculous and, and, and it has become, you know, more entertainment than anything else. And I think that's, that's the pressure of a 24 hour news cycle. John, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts? I, I think the line between I think the line between news and entertainment uh, is 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 very blurry right now, and I think that that's part of the that, that's part of the challenge, right? So I mean, there's a there's a there's an extremely important role in the for for the for the news media uh, to perform in order for our democracy to work uh, properly, and and. Uh, um, if it if it if it starts to if it starts to lean when when it starts to interpret um, uh, relevance by quantifying relevance by uh, by, by uh, viewership or readership, right? So so you can you can easily make the jump to quantify relevance by by viewership or or, or readership. And once once you once you make that jump in that in that kind of in that level of quantification, then all of a sudden you're you're seeking you're seeking an audience, and therefore you're trying to please an audience. And then then once once you've moved once you've moved in, into that realm, then then the the role that the news media uh, plays in in our functioning democracy starts to in my in my opinion starts to, starts to break down. You need to have you, you need to have some more of that balance. Like Kevin said, I I'm one of your readers, Kevin, who who likes some of the stuff, who loves some of the stuff, who gets information that 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 I don't get anywhere else in Niagara. But then there's other stuff that just drives me crazy. Um, but, but, um, and, and, uh, but, but the, you know, that you, you need to have, um, the, the, the news, um, jur journalism needs, needs to be able to, to, to work on relevance in a different, in a different, uh, level than, than, uh, than looking at audience numbers, because when, when you start doing that, that then you're no different than the, than the ad department. And we all know that in, in newsrooms, the difference between, uh, the, the editorial department, the ad department—that's supposed to be oh, they never ever they, they never ever talk, uh, because the because that then influences the credibility of the content. But if the news media itself it just lo simply looks for looks for audience to build their own credibility, to often to build their own celebrity, right, and the, and their own celebrity then drives their own credibility. Uh, e even if the ad even if the ad department and and the news department aren't talking, we've got a problem. Yeah, Dolores, can I jump in there just for a sec? Yeah, and, and I'll, you know, maybe play journalist here for a second because I'd love to get John and Charles and and Scott's thoughts on this. And and that is, you know, I'm personally I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, and and uh, and I keep my post on LinkedIn business like uh, and don't wade into politics or, you know, those sorts of things. Or here's a picture of my delicious grilled cheese sandwich I just made. But um, one of the things I find interesting is the, the number of journalists that are on social media, on Twitter or on Facebook, who, who say, you know, or, or a very credible journalist been doing it for years and talk about, you know, not being biased down the middle with their reporting. But then when you look at what they post, there's an absolute clear bias, right? And they're they're attacking the liberals or attacking the conservatives. And it's just a very consistent, you know, the Ford government's terrible, the Ford government's great, the Trudeau government's terrible, the Trudeau government's great. And, it, and it's, you can clearly see the bias. And then I think, now I have to read your articles 
and just forget about everything that I just saw you post on social media. And uh, I just throw that out there for discussion because I think it's kind of interesting. Can I jump? Can I jump? That's a good point, Kevin. If I can jump in, and also John, I'm going to just um, kind of play off what you guys are saying in terms of this idea of social media, Twitter. Um, and the journalists work outside of the social media platform because they are integrated. It's become a, a tool for journalists, not only to um, get readers to read their stories, but also to find readers, to, 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 to solicit um, sources, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, to me, the difference ought to be, and if you're tweeting out opinion, as, 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 you, as you, you've seen, then you're, maybe you're a columnist, right? So if, say, Andrew Coyne of the Globe Mail is tweeting out an opinion, that's his job, right? That's what he does. But if the uh, City Hall reporter <laughs> um, tells you that the mayor's whatever else on their social media feed, that's, that's another issue. Now, it's, again, the credible news sources, and I'm talking the one we can talk about what those are, maybe as we talk about fake news and credible news sources down the road, the credible news sources have some pretty rigid policies around their social media, their, their employees uh, engage in. And there's been some really sort of um, big case in the last five years, people have lost their jobs on that premise, right? Um, CBC's manager, managing editor of news had to leave because of a tweet, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the, room, the room for this, lots of room for opinion in journalism. And I think that's important. And again, um, that's how we actually shape, help shape public policy. But that's got to be balanced. It's got to be clearly, clearly um, um, distinguishable for what you're doing as, as, as journalism, as news coverage. I think that's a real big problem. That's a really, really big problem that, that relates that, that there's not enough media literacy in this environment for, for, for readers, for, for people who consume news to say, this is opinion, this is, this, is, this is not opinion, this is credible, this is not credible, this is pure propaganda, this is not, right? So this idea, and it's what we do with our students almost in every Every program in the college that's media-based, um, there's some sort of media literacy we do with all of them, explaining to them um, verification, explaining to them what you need to do to be a credible journalist and is in the codes of behavior. So I think it's essential that, that the, we do that as in, in, in the education business. But also, I think that we need to educate you know, that bigger group, the civic uh, part of that, where we we need to do some we need to do some more education around saying, hey, you know what? This is how the ecosystem works now. And if you're reading this or if you're reading that, then you should know about this, right? So that literacy in this new environment is really tough, right? To know to know what's going on. So if you see a tweet, you, you recognize it for what it is for, 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 from where it's from. So that's my sort of uh, that's my sort of thing about that. And to what John was saying, this idea that. Um, you know, infotainment and also Dolores, infotainment versus entertainment versus news, right? Um, again, multi-platform companies having all kinds of different responsibilities. Uh, again, I think it's it's important to be clear what you're doing. So if you're having a, ta- a call, a call-in show or a current affairs show or an interview show, um, that you have different things to do. But if you're doing a, a two-minute stand-up in front of City Hall on, on, the, on the budget, You've got to know that you're, you've got a different set of responsibilities and rules to play by. Um, so that's one thing. And I, I, liked, I like John's comment about uh, business models, the advertising, the church and state behind advertising in newsroom. It's always been there. It's, been, it's, always, been a, it's always been this way too, right? Um, but I think, again, if you're a credible news source with, with a, um, with a, and it doesn't have to be Torstar or the Globe and Mail independence like like you kevin i mean you, you probably say i'm not going to do this i have a i have a, i have a certain set of practices and you know i think that that you know from a best practices point of view these um new emerging media 
uh, companies, whether they're startups or, or actual newspapers, and there are a few actual newspapers who are starting up in print still, um, that they publish that that code of uh, ethics that, that, that they um, that they ascribe to make a play on their website saying, this is what we do. If a problem, you can phone us. And when we teach verification um, and, and credibility of news sites, we say, do they make corrections? Do they acknowledge their mistakes? Can I actually uh, find an editor to complain to if I have a problem, right? So all these things are really important, having this sort of more diverse um, ecosystem where we say, okay, um, even though Kevin Valiate isn't Torstar, but he has his own niche and he's actually, he's, he's credible and he's trustworthy. And I'm going to go to his site and, and, and expect to have something worthwhile, not, not something else. Right. So that's sort of where I, where I see this thing. It's, it's interesting. Um, well, the, the, I think to, to Charles's first point uh, out of the gate when we first started around, around the, the loss of resources, I think sort of the erosion of resources in newsrooms has, has also kind of exacerbated the, the, the kind of, the, again, I'm, I'm talking about more blurred lines, the blurring of the lines between, between, uh, between uh, uh, news uh, and reporting and, and columnists, right? That it, it's, it's easier to write, it, it's easier to write an opinion piece because I can write an opinion piece based on little bits and pieces of information that I then accumulate to Kevin's point, and, and just for the record, I love Janet Eckert. I really do. I always have. Um, but I mean, to your point about, about having your your people in Ottawa and Toronto, they're they're for the most part columnists who are writing who are writing pieces, which is which, which is which is valuable as a news source, but it's not news in the same kind of way. But it but it becomes news because there aren't enough resources for you to actually have reporters on the ground also in Ottawa and at, and at Queens Park for you to write for, for, for you to write the kind of the kind of news pieces and then segment out and then segment out the columnists columnists that bring in different voices it becomes very it, it, it just becomes very uh, difficult so so there's been a lot of there, there's been uh, opinion really starts to starts to creep starts to creep in and, and as it relates a little bit to the the social media stuff when I was when, when I was talking about sort of that, that relevance for audience um, it's also it also you know and 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 uh, you know to Charles's point is probably it's driven corporately but I really do believe it's also driven individually because because you can make you know you're, you're uh, if you're a journalist who's working on who's working on making it and and you can build yourself a strong audience you're a much more valuable commodity you're, you know it's it, it's it's career advancing so you're, it'll advance your career. It'll it'll advance your profile. It'll give you more opportunities. It'll improve your byline. It'll it'll uh, it'll make you it'll make you more money. It'll give you speaking engagements. I mean, so all the things that it gets other people, it, it has the potential to get to get journalists as well. And then, and, and so this is where the trick comes because I don't I don't certainly don't have an answer to this. But when 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 you have uh, when, when all of a sudden the, the 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 news world or the 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 journalism world is really doing that going after going after audience like how do you um and and how do you how do you kind of bring it back to have it form as its proper as its proper check and balance and on on the on the system it creates what i think is going to be your next uh one of your one of, one of your next discussions dolores it it it, uh, it amps up the partisanship uh, that that uh, that that happens inside uh, that that's happening in 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 society. So, but that's but that's those are those those are straight up market forces. The only difference is is journalists are dealing with market forces in their own careers, which happens to align with the with, with the market forces that the media outlets are also looking for. 
Well, it, it, it could be too. And thanks, John, that, uh, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, platforms like what, what Kevin has on the go might be how we have to move forward. Because if we, if we go back to the whole lack of resources and infotainment, I'm going to put, I'm going to take off my journalism hat, put on a management hat here is it, it is, you know, especially where a lot, a lot of our, our media sources, some are privately owned, some are corporately owned. And, you know, I, there's a lot of good, hardworking journalists. Everybody has a good intent. So I'm not slagging anyone at all. Yeah, me neither, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> just, just yeah. for the record. I'm it, not trying to slag anybody no. in that circumstance, just kind of talk about the lay of the land. It's a reality, right? And, and the most expensive thing there is to run in terms of, well, certainly in, in radio and, and, and in, in uh, content, the content world is news. It takes more bodies to run news. It takes, you know, assignment editors, producers, chase producers, and on and on it goes. Of course, there's a lot less positions than there used to be. So how do we get to a platform that can make enough revenue to provide the journalism that we need or that we used to at least have um, and keep the and keep the folks that are turning keeping the lights on happy at the same time? So I think that's that's where we need to get to. And I'm not sure how we do that because it's darn well expensive to, to operate that. And and I think COVID hasn't helped any. And I, I'm looking at this a little bit now through the TV lens. But, you know, editorial was, has been sneaking in for a long time. And, I mean, the U.S. is leading, leading that charge with the left and the right and all that. But now, all of a sudden, we go, well, we don't need cameras anymore because we've been, we've been force-feeding people Zoom calls on TV for a year. And now we're okay with it. It doesn't matter if the quality is good, the lighting could be bad. Yeah, it doesn't matter, although most people are getting a handle on that. Although I spent the whole day on Zoom, so so I can't watch Steve Pagan at night anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I, maybe that's a part of the problem. But it's it's cheap, it's affordable journalism because you've taken audio people out of the equation, you've taken camera people out of the equation, and you've taken reporters out of the equation. When you watch a, an NHL game now and the coach, it's just the robotic camera. There's there's nobody there. There used to be 15 guys lined up, so and gals lined up, so. It's not going to get better based on that. Yeah, no, you're right. It's another whammy. It's, it's this technology, the automation, right? There are jobs are, that were jobs in, in newsrooms or in, in radio stations, TV stations, and newspapers. God knows, right? Production jobs are all gone. So that's one element of it for sure. Um, this idea, too, I, I, maybe I don't want to jump the gun on discussion around um, what, what we do about this. Because if, if I had that answer, I'd probably be rich, but I don't have that answer. Uh, but, you and know, apparently it is the media business. <laughs> and, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of um, interesting things. And Kevin's a great example of one, one, one aspect of that. Um, there are other approaches around, you know, subscription versus advertising. If advertising is gone forever, you know, um, then what do you do? Is it subscription-based? But can you run an effective business, you know, a subscription-based? If you're an old legacy media company, you kill print. You stop printing newspapers right away. You save a bunch of money, right? Or you outsource right, to India and you save a bunch of money, right? Then all the jobs go with it, right? So, you know, yeah, these are huge challenges. And there's this other aspect of around um, um, philanthropy, right? Everybody needs a good billionaire to buy your newspaper for you, right? But there's not enough of those around either, I don't think. Uh, but the idea is, can there be more philanthropic, more sort of um, you know, um, money out there to, to create, again, to do stories in a different kind of way, um, to do in those expensive um stories uh, in a in a more long form way more investigative kind of way but more selective 
you know, so an idea. So you're not you're not a general news source. You're not running uh, TV guys. You're not doing sports coverage. You're actually just doing some some city hall reporting, right? You're doing doing that kind of work. So maybe again, the idea is having more of these startups and diversity, so that you can take a chunk of that, right? So you can say, I'm going to do five stories this year uh, for hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars that we have and these are going to be it right so that's you know that kind of um civic journalism um examples in the u.s are things like ProPublica, um you know uh, organizations like that that do these kinds of of, of reporting so that's again to go back to both uh, john and, and and what you were saying scott expensive to do uh, money's not gonna it's gonna get more challenging on the jobs front so you know they're we've got to think a bit more creatively. And, you know, I left the industry after 25 years in 2010, and I was battling with that then. And here we are 10 years later, and, you know, a few different solutions, but still, you know. I, I think, um, you know, the greatest loss is really that local news. You, you know, I, I'm gonna age myself as well, but, you know, I, I remember- Won't ask you how old you are, Delores. <laughs> Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> You're not close enough for me to kick you. So, <laughs> but I, um, I remember, you know, you you'd wake up in the morning and you'd get your morning paper and um, you, you'd read about what was going on in town and and throughout the course of the day, you, you'd run into people and you'd get phone calls and hey, did you read about this and hey, did you see that and and it really um, connected us as a community and and that's just gone. Like even even for local papers that we still have, they don't have the resources to cover the local news like they used to. And so, you know, I don't know that social media is the answer, um, but, but certainly that is where a lot of people are turning to for, for that type of news. And, um, and, and I think, you know, that that becomes part of a problem because on social media, um, it's not always real news, right? Uh, I heard something and then all of a sudden it becomes, hey, did you, did you hear? Um, and you, you end up um, in a circle of, of getting only the news that you want to get. And so you're not seeing other perspectives. You're not hearing other ideas and thoughts. And I think that that becomes a bigger problem in that it really divides us. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agreed, Dolores, and I, and I think that's one of the, and Charles, I think, touched on it earlier, especially you see this in the U.S., and it's, yeah. you know, it's in Canada for sure, but, you know, that idea of, you know, the algorithm, and I don't know how all the sort of back office stuff works with, you know, Facebook, for example, where they, they get a sense that, okay, you know, uh, John leans this way politically, so we're going to just push all of this, um, all of these news articles and information on John's Facebook page that we think suits his view. Well, then John's not getting the other side. So then, and then, you know, John gets ingrained and, and maybe irate or thrilled or what, you know, filled with these emotions based on, on what he's reading and, and somebody else is getting, you know, the other side. And it's just, it's driving this wedge. And, and I just see it as pushing, society further to the right or left and you know fox news was always conservative no, nobody would argue that yeah and so i used to watch um cnn because i 10 years ago i found them very much down the middle and i feel the further right fox went the further left cnn has started to go 
to the point where it's like, I don't even want to watch CNN anymore. And, and because I just get frustrated, you know, I, I, John mentioned Steve Pakin and I know that's sort of a, a maybe not a news program. I, I love Steve Pakin. I, I think he's just a, a great guy. He asks tough questions uh, to everybody he has on there, no matter their, you know, political stripe. He's, he's fair, he's engaging. Um, it, it, and so, yeah, I just, I just find uh, it, it's, it's just, like I said, going farther right and left and, and uh, you know, no matter, and you see lots of media doing that and the social media side, it, you know, isn't helping. You know, I, I just, I wish people would go to two or three news sources and, and I'm with you, Dolores. I mean, as some people know, I spend a, a good chunk of my time on the public relations side and, and John and I used to work together on projects and, you know, those healthcare days, uh, man, you know, on a Monday, I'd pitch a story to the local reporter and, you know, you get the interview and the photo with, with a physician, you know, or something when I was working in healthcare. And then, you know, I couldn't wait to get to the office the next day and, grab the, the paper. Are we, are we a one above the fold? What's the headline? What photo did they use? You know, couldn't wait to read the article. Uh, and, and, you know, it was just, um, I wish we still had those, those times, you know, like I said before, uh, some people may think that, you know, as somebody who owns an online news site that, you know, maybe I want to see print media go down in flames and, you know, it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, I, I long for those days where newsrooms were filled with reporters and, and I'd love to be able to afford, you know, 10, 10 reporters to cover the news. And, and, you know, and I think maybe John can speak to this from, from the PR side as well. You know, again, when I was, when I was on that side of things, you had a reporter, I, I think a Peter Downs uh, was a health reporter for the standard years ago. And, and he had that beat. He was the health guy. And you didn't have to re-explain everything to the reporter. Now the, the newsrooms are such skeleton crews. Because of the cutbacks, the, the poor journalists are, are covering education in the morning. Then they're running to, to the hospital to cover something in healthcare in the afternoon. And then they got to write about the regional budget in the evening. And how are these poor folks supposed to you know, really, really get into this, right? And and they do a, a good job for for what they have to do and being run off their feet. But I think there is something to be said where you had the education reporter and you had the healthcare reporter and you had the crime reporter. And yeah, and I just, you know, I'd love for somehow, and again, like Charles, we'd be rich together <laughs> if we could have the answer. But yeah. uh, <laughs> nice to get that back. I think, I, I, I think, um, First off, I think I think I'm the I'm I'm the I'm the old guy in the room. I'm 59, so um, so, so so um, but but I mean I've. It's funny because when I first started in the uh, in the in this business in the in the consulting business back here in here here in Niagara in like 1998, um, it wasn't it wasn't. It uh, wasn't long thereafter that uh, the you know the the standard which would changed you know they 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 they'd gone from Burgoyne to Southam to Thompson to I mean they I mean these things are traded like hockey cards right just like a lot of but like a lot of big industry right uh, you know factories are traded like hockey cards too so 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 um, uh, but the, I remember the newsroom was being was being cut at uh, that time I can't remember exactly what what uh, who owned it but. Um, 
and I was getting worried about the, I was worried about the newsrooms like back then. Uh, and that's when there were still lots of journalists. But I mean, from, from, from my perspective, the challenge is, is what, what, what I do uh, with, with, uh, um, with clients is uh, I help them tell their stories, not just to the media, but to all you know, to 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 uh, to all kinds of to to all kinds of other stakeholders. I help to you know, I help to bring people on side and create movements and run campaigns, that kind of stuff. But but the 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 challenge with uh, newsroom to 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 get to the idea of what is the role of journalism in our democracy. Uh, the 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 difficulty that that we have, and it's just been exacerbated, but I was, I, I felt it back then, was that it's very difficult to, to tell hard stories. No one has time to hear the hard story. And yet some of the hard stories are the most important stories. It's not just the cheap and cheerful, I'm gonna go, here's your, here, here, here's your news release, there's your photo, take your picture and away you go. Right, I mean, if, if the, there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of difficult stories that take a lot of work, that take a lot of research, there, I, you know, and and I'm, you know, I'm not on the journalist side, and and and, uh, you know, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure Kevin hears stuff, and I'm sure the newsrooms hear all kinds of things that they would love to actually look at, but they just quite frankly can't because some of them aren't, you know, some of them turn up to be nothing. Some of them, you know, we 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 did a we've got a little series called What's the Big Idea that we that we used to put on before COVID, but we'll get to it again. Uh, we had Grant LaFleche come and, and talk about the stuff that he'd been he'd done previously. Uh, and and um, uh, you know, you, you get you those sto the, 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 those stories take time, they take work, they take effort. You run into walls nothing happens for a long time sometimes nothing comes of them you know you, you need to have resources in order to get to, to order to get into the hard stories uh and and so so for to, to for, for your point to, to your point kevin it's it's difficult for me to to uh always include traditional media anymore because there's just that that that, that role that, that 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 role is gone i you know I'll, you'll you know, you, you can't you can't get their attention because they're too busy having to fill their having to fill their pages or their or, or fill their inches or whatever or, or their or their time on air that they can't that they, they, they don't have the time for those stories. And yet and yet that's the a lot of times that's the important stuff. The other stuff are, are you know, they're they're you know, they're announcements. It's, it's sort of announcing something that's already happened as opposed to as, as opposed to looking into stuff. So. I, I that's always that's been a, that's been a concern of mine for a long time, and that to me is is a fundamental role of democracy. I mean, of of journalism in in, in democracy. It's it's that it's that it's not just holding to account, but it's it's also finding the things when, when people need to be held to account. I think John, I, I think you you just hit the nail on the head in terms of the most important thing here uh, we're, that we're discussing is is these stories that don't get done because you know part of doing that kind of a job is actually just. Um, finding a story that doesn't want to be found right i mean sometimes you know again and that's the again if you want to talk about the role of of, of a of a journalist of a, of, a, of, a, of a credible serious journalism it's that it's sort of keeping your your, your elected officials you know uh, to account it's under, increasing understanding of what's going on in your community you know this development is it going to screw up my water my, my farm what's going to happen there am i being told everything 
right? Those are really important stories, but to get those in St. John takes a lot of work. They don't want to be found sometimes, those stories. You got to make a lot of calls to get them, right? So that's the, no, that's, they're, they're expensive. Sometimes you, 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 will, uh, you will waste your two days chasing something that isn't, isn't anything. That doesn't happen anymore. I don't think any editor is going to give you two days. Um, well, some do. And the kind of work that Grant did, he has some liberty uh, to go and, and spend some time. That was expensive time for the standard to, to go and find those stories. Now, I don't know, by the way, I don't know if you guys are aware, uh, he posted to Twitter, he's uh, leaving the standard to join the Toronto Star investigative team here in Toronto to work on stories as well. So um, there you go. There you have it. Yeah. So again, but those are, those are, that's what's at stake here. And, 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 you know, in those, in our local communities where we don't have that kind of resource, um, they've done studies, a lot of different uh, people are studying this in journalism schools and, 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 and other journals who say that a, that a good local news source that can, that can clarify, that can make the uh, voters more informed can increase a voter turnout by 15% in some elections, right? So again, that that's the really important work, and so you know you've got to you got to find a way to get those done. And sometimes, again, to what you were saying earlier, John, is the stories that do get done, even though they're not the, the ones that are kind of important to local community announcements, games, things like that. But even stories which have some political importance or some some other significance to them, they're being done less rigorously. They become what we call he said, she said. So, you know, instead of spending two days a story, you basically call, you know, get that fairness element, call the two, call the two people, the two stakeholders or three stakeholders, he said, she said, and not time for sort of more, a more analytical approach, more, what's really the story here? Who else do I need to talk to, right? Who else do I have time to, time to talk to, you know? And that's, that's another casualty of, of the lack of resources for sure. Well, and for, and for me, just to be sort of on, on, on my side of the business, because um, I mean, a properly functioning media is like really important for, 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 for me, not, not, not just, this is, this is interesting because it's, it's not just to tell the stories, but if I'm working with a client and I see something that that's not right, um, that needs to be fixed um, because it doesn't, because it just, because it needs to be fixed. That's because I need, you, you need to have, you need to have the, the, the public or the media on the other side of the boardroom door for me to say, you know, this is a problem. You know, you need to, you need to fix this. Uh, if if, uh, if if there's if, if there's nobody on the other side of that door, I and and I say you have a problem, you need to fix this, and they're gonna say, you know, why? Mm-hmm. You know where? You know, show me the risk. Not, right. not saying that. I mean, work with a lot of great clients. Just for the record, I'm just saying. So sort of, but 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 generally, you need to have that check and balance. Uh, in order to help organizations, not just it's not just the root out, but it's also the prevent and to fix in in advance. So when you have when 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 the when the when the checks and balances weaken, and they become politicized. To your point, Kevin, they become becomes polarized. Uh, as long as it as long as it doesn't affect my as long as it doesn't affect my base or my viewer base, then I don't necessarily have to care. And and so you you know you need that strength of credibility and that broad based kind of appeal, uh, also in order to keep uh, the the uh, people who have power um, um, exercising it um, properly. 
Yeah, I, I think even just in terms of, again, you know, that, that engagement piece, um, if we look at younger people, um, they, I don't think are reading newspapers. <laughs> I don't think they're tuning into, you know, the news programs like, like we do. And so they are getting all of that information um, over social media. And sometimes it's interesting. I'll, I'll be, you know, sitting in, in, in a room with my, one of my daughters and they'll tell me something that they've just seen on, on social media. And it's like, what, Oh my God, is that, is that for real? And, um, and they get it first. So, so I guess, the, the, you know, again, the pressure of, you know, getting that story first um, has a huge impact. And, and I want to go back to a point that I think um, Kevin made, you know, about, you know, w- watching different, different news programs and, and, you know, stories being different. Honestly, um, about a year ago, I, I would watch, you know, a, a number of different American news programs. And, you know, I, I'd tune in to CN, CNN and, and there'd be a, a story and I'd be like, wow, that's, that's incredible. And then I'd flip to maybe Fox and same story, same story, totally different story. It's like, is this like, what is going on? So where is the truth? Right. And you could totally see that, that CNN is totally playing to their audience you know, who, who the profile of who their audience is and Fox does the same. And, and I think all of the networks, um, network news do that to a certain extent. Um, and, and so where is the truth? Like, where do we get the facts? How do we, I, I actually get offended because I don't need you as a, as a reporter and anchor or whatever to tell me what to think. I just need you to tell me the facts. I'm smart enough. I think <laughs> I am. I'm smart enough to make up my own opinion. But if you don't give me the facts, I can't do that. And um, and that and that's the problem. Like, don't tell me what to think. Just tell me what what the facts are. A part of a part of the issue, and I, I'm not really an expert on, on, on sort of American network television, but I think the format, the 24 hours uh, cycle of, of cable news. I mean, they've got, and so it's for you to jump in at any one time. You don't know what you're really getting, right? Are you getting what's supposed to be news, or is it an interview show? And um, again, and, and you are probably a much more savvy consumer of news than, than the average person, right? So you have to realize again that's a real problem, and it goes back to what Kevin was saying too around social media. When it comes into your feed, you have no context where it's coming from. Just like jumping into a, a, a scroll and doing CNN or, or Fox, um, it comes into your social media feed. You don't know if this is, and most people will not remember the old byline. We used to, when I was a young reporter, get a byline on the front page is fantastic, right? Your name there. I think most people don't even know what a byline is. They don't even look at the names. They don't look who wrote it. It comes into your feed. You click on it. You scroll up and down or, or whatever you do, and you just consume it without context, right? And that's a big, that's a real big problem, right? So again, like you're saying, Dolores, um, you know, why am I hearing this? What am I hearing? Is it just, is it, is it their loudmouth, you know, um, crazy person who's ranting here or is it a news anchor? <laughs> and I think that, you know, you, you don't get that sense. It's hard to get that sense. And the other thing is you, we all live in our echo chambers, right? So again, if you have a certain habit, and, and again, Google relies on this algorithm, right? To, tell, to let us know, um, what, you know what we want. Uh, but when we get all this comes together, um, we don't have a lot of exposure unless you look for it outside our, our, our silo, right? So you, you don't, so you get that one perspective continually because the 
20 or 30 people or news sources you're following on your social media feed are all the same sort, right? So that's the other problem that, that I think we have as well is that the lack of context and the lack of recognition where this is coming from, right? But can, can, so, so can we, can we kind of uh, inch your way around sort of potential solutions to these problems? The, 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 um, I'm picking up. Well, no, it, it's, I mean, the, the, the discussions, I mean, the, the discussions are going on. I mean, we're watching it, you know, we're watching it play out around the world. These are not unique to, these are not unique to our little corner of Niagara or our little corner in, 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 in Canada that, the, you know, we're watching uh, the Australians, you know, take on Facebook and take on the, uh, take on social media as a way to generate revenue. Because one of the biggest things we're talking about right now is, is the, is the, um, inadequate revenue in order to performance in order for media to perform its function. Right. So, you know, whether, uh, wh whether or not, you know, social media, um, has, uh, and, and, the, not just social media, but just the, 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 you know, Google as well, for example, have found, have found a place to put themselves in, 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 in between to that, that has resulted in them draining off an, an enormous amount of ad revenue, you know, good, good for them. Right. They, 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 they found they found a spot. And, you know, the algorithm thing, I remember I remember when that kind of first started. Right. And, and, and the, the algorithm thing was um, uh, that, that's now become sort of demonized, started out being, how about if we only give you the advertising that 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 uh, that, that you're actually interested in? Would you like that? Yeah, that would be great. We we're only going to send you stuff that we that we think you actually might be interested in. Uh, as opposed to all the all the other crap and noise and garbage that that, that that you get, is that a good idea? That's a great idea. So you know, but you know, I don't think anybody foresaw this kind of you know what what that what 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 that ultimately did to to uh, uh, to basically to our societies. Big brother. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 so so you've got so so we have the we have the potential of of. Uh, taxing or uh the, the the social media in in order to create opportunities how which which will be which is a, a, again i don't know if you have time for it uh, uh you know how do you then distribute those funds which i think is interesting uh an interesting question um but there's that there's a potential source there's a potential source of revenue uh there are also other regulatory tools i'm sure that governments can start to that, that governments can uh, can can bring can bring to bear becomes very tricky though um because when when governments try to fix something that actually affects the democracy the whole the whole question of potential conflicts of interest uh start to arise and they're not just optical conflicts of interest they're genuine conflicts of interest you know, because all of a sudden, where e e even even well and e even even if you're even if you're well intentioned, there'll be those who won't be well intentioned. You're proposing what? That's going to destroy us. No way. And then that then uh, oh, you're proposing what? That's going to be great for us. Well, it's going to destroy somebody else. So so you know, figuring fig figuring out how uh, that's what's so that's what so much of the challenge it is with with, with democratic evolution. Quite frankly, is 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 figuring out how you can bring about this kind of change to keep the democracy righted but it's being but, but those decisions are being made by, by by people who are significantly impacted by the outcome uh, of those of those decisions so it, it's a challenge but certainly identifying resources i think are important are, are important and there are other that there've got to be other regulatory tools that can be that that, that can be utilized to 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 uh, to, to 
maybe to, to, Kev, to you know to Kevin's issue to help maybe to help to bring some of these some of this partisanship uh, closer together. Maybe there's impacts on on algorithms. I'm not I'm not sure, but anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of those kinds of potential sure. solutions. Solutions are uh, we, we, you know we're, we're getting we're getting tight on time, but let's let's end it with a couple more solution ideas. Um, and and you know, the, the Facebook thing is very interesting what they're trying to do there. Uh, I think the double-edged sword with that is, I think most everyone's website in terms of, you know, networks and radio and everything, the majority of that traffic comes directly from Facebook. So it's, that's going to be an interesting fight when, when that comes, comes down. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Charles, uh, you've got a few minutes to come up with a solution and, and save the world here. Well, I've got a few here, and I'll tell you, I, I'm cheating because um, there was a, there was a report published a, a few weeks ago. Maybe I'm, I've lost track, but again, it came out of that Ryerson uh, uh, University um, project, and some of the ideas are around this that we've got to uh, we'll take some money from Facebook and other social media. We want to make sure that Kevin gets some of it, as opposed <laughs> to only four star. Right? Yeah. So that's one. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's there's a, there's that element, and that's sort of a, go a government issue. So government's got to get involved in that kind of respect. I think we've got to make social media pay. I think I've, we've got to make me, you, and everybody else pay for content, which is something that we haven't since the internet came storming in. We haven't been paying for things, and so we think it's free, right? So I think we've got to we've got to find uh, find a way to get audiences to pay for content, whether it's their micro fees, their memberships. And I think that's the most promising thing on the horizon now for some media companies, again, because it's so different and varied it changes. But the idea used to be to, you know, the digital advertising, you know, you're trading dollars for dimes for a print ad versus a, a digital ad. So that, that model clearly isn't going to work. So I think many of them have said that's not going to support any kind of a, a newsroom. So let's look at um, subscription basis and then let's look, look at uh, linking up again, um, competitors becoming partners, right? In, in certain, certain markets, right? In the old days, you were, you were competing with the other paper, forget it now. But now we're saying, okay, let's, let's find a way to, to pull some resources and do that important journalism on projects that we partner up from though we're competitors in the market, right? That's one of the proposals that, that was suggested out of that project as well. Um, and um, also this idea of philanthropy, um, you know, that you can find uh, people out there to contribute and it doesn't have to be a lot of money, right? And then we can have these kind of organic startups that focus very, very specifically on certain things and they, and they, and they raise money. And um, there's some great examples in the U.S. and, and um, um, of, of philanthropy at work there uh, with startups here. And um, I, I, those are some, just two or three things that I can say that we, we, can, we can certainly look towards um, exploring. So basically paying for content, um, distributing money from social media that's collected more, more equitably, uh, partnerships amongst competitors, and also partnerships with the uh, journalism schools, academia, and, and private industry, which is what we're doing. In fact, I'm working on a collaboration right now with the, with the network as well for, for Niagara. Uh, we'll see where that goes, but um, this idea that's really important, um, um, a way to, to share resources and expertise that wouldn't have happened 10, 20 years ago. So not many, not great, but a couple, right? <laughs> yeah, great ideas. Thank you, uh, Charles. Kevin, final thoughts? Solutions. Oh, goodness. Solutions. Well, you know, I, I think it would be nice to see, you know, talking about, you know, whether it's a paywall, whatever you want to call it, you know, everybody, when it was just print, everybody, you had to pay for your newspaper, right? And and I think the downfall and, and hindsight's 2020, uh, but with my, you know, hindsight rose colored glasses on, it would have been nice if, if all of the players got together when they saw this coming 
20 years ago, the onset of the internet and starting news sites and said, look, we got to make sure none of this is free. So just like you got to go pay your buck 25 to pick up your Toronto star at Zares on your way out, you got to pay a, you know, a, a fee to, to access it online. But there was this mix mash of we're going to try, you know, a paywall and, and these guys know it's free, but then, okay, paywalls not work. So now we'll make free content and these guys are going to charge it, you know, charge a fee. And it's sort of all over the map to the point where, you know, it's almost lost some credibility, I think. And, and people got used to this. Citizens got used to free news. And, and I think if you would ask, you know, whether it's Torstar or the globe, um, you know, the, the television that's on online, they probably say, geez, if we had to do it all over again, we might've skipped the whole, we'll offer it for free. Um, but again, I mean, who, who would have thought it was, you know, going to get, get to this point. Um, but I think that's kind of key is, is, you know, if you're, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Right. And, and I think, uh, you know, that might be the way to go, but I think everybody has to be on the same page and it's probably just, you know, my, my uh, over optimistic thinking that these different corporations can all get in the same room and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to charge. Uh, it doesn't have to be the same, you know, obviously it can be different based on the organization, but as long as you're having some sites free and, and some sites you pay for it. And I'm talking about the big players, not necessarily, you know, the Niagara independent um, or, or the smaller startups, but um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's going to have to happen. It has to be one way or the other. Um, but this, this mix mash uh, approach, some free, some not free, I, I don't think is, is, is the way to go. Right. Pretty tough when some are free and some aren't. Uh, people yeah. are usually going to venture toward the free. Um, John Armstrong, Kevin Vallier, Charles Copan, uh, phenomenal discussion. Um, and, and let's hope that some of these solutions do co come into play and, and that we get uh, our, our traditional, not just traditional, uh, all media, but, uh, you know, fair and balanced. Uh, I guess that's a Fox term, so forgive me. But uh, out there for people to, uh, to be able to, to rely on, which quite frankly maybe is not so much the case anymore. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone.